God. While you stand for just 30 more seconds, can you just in your mind right now, think about how God has been faithful to you this week. A promise that He's kept. Maybe you'd like to think about a way that He's been faithful to someone in your life. Maybe this week has been really not a great week for you. But He is faithful. He's been faithful to prayer at Door of Hope as He's invited us into these 40 days. What day are we up to today? 21? Somewhere around. We're about halfway. He has been faithful and He's spoken as we have listened, as we have sat, as we have prayed together in a spirit of unity, he has been faithful. We serve an awesome God, do we not? An awesome God. If you're online today, maybe you'd like to write in the chat how God has been faithful to you. It'd be great for you to share that with us. Please have a seat, Door of Hope. It's lovely to have you this morning. My name's Christy. I'm an elder here at Door of Hope. And um, it is exciting to be a part of a church that has chosen to listen to the Lord, to be part of a congregation that intentionally waits upon Him. And it's a joy to be able to pray together. Our 40 days of prayer started on the 12th of um, February, forgotten what month it is, and we have invited you guys us all to pray together. We've got three opportunities to pray each and every day, 6 a.m. on Zoom, 12 p.m. here at Door of Hope face-to-face, and at 8 p.m. on Zoom. And if you would like to see or read some of the things that have come out of those prayer times, there's a book available for you to look at, and it's a digital book, and you can uh, access it by scanning the QR code that's just in front of you on the pews there or checking out our website because it's exciting to see what God is saying as we listen. You might also like to check out the Facebook page that's dedicated to the 40 days of prayer and um, connect there as well. That's exciting. And this week, Hope Rising, our first prayer time, our community prayer time at night is happening this Wednesday night. And we'll be dedicating ourselves to praying for the three things, which is unity and vision, seeking our new senior leader, and also praying for our strategic plan. So today, we continue our vision series, Vision 2025. What is God asking us as a community of Door of Hope to move into, to make a priority, to really put our passion and attention, energy and resources towards? And we started off with thinking about what hasn't changed. Do you remember what hasn't changed, Door of Hope? Our vision to be a door of hope through Jesus Christ in a fragile and uncertain world hasn't changed. What about our mission? To be Jesus-centered, others-focused together in community hasn't changed. Our values, our six key values which we center ourselves around, those kingdom values, haven't changed. But there's some things that the Lord is calling us to do. And this has been another process of listening. So over the last year, we have asked for our Hope Partners, for Door of Hope community to share what they think God is leading us towards in these next few years, and we've listened together. And the three things that came out have been knowing people, 
How do we have deep, rich conversations with people that allow us to form relationship just as God knows us so beautifully that we can know each other? And this week, I think God's been saying to me, if we know people well, we have more grace for them. I think that's something that he's been talking to me about. And then embracing authenticity. This idea that God knows us so well, we should know what he thinks about us. We should explore and put in our hearts what he says is true about us. Authenticity is what is true, what is real. God says some very real things about who we are in him, and it's worth getting to know that. Ben also reminded us that as we are authentic, it invites other people to be authentic as well and to share who they really are. And that beautiful image, which I hope you have kept with you, that we get to wear Jesus Christ as our Sunday best, our Monday best, our Tuesday best, and so on. What a gorgeous picture that was. And I hope you have felt too that our strategic goals have been building on each other. I don't think this was an intentional plan when we brought these ideas together, but that's what's happened. When we know each other, there's room to be authentic, and it builds on the other one. And today, we're building again as we talk about embracing our digital community. And I thought, oh, I think I might just like change how that's written. No, I'm not going to. But the idea of embracing our community digitally also came as well. Because they're not like digital people. Are you digital community? You're like real people, aren't you? They are. They're real people. Some of them are in this room. So it's not a digital community. It's a community of real people that we connect with digitally. That's the first thing I want you to remember today. Good. Okay. <laughs> uh, today we're going to do this in several ways. There's me first. Hi. Uh, and then we're going to hear a couple of stories from people who are part of our digital community. And one of them is celebrating their 70th birthday yesterday. They celebrated it yesterday. Her name's Pam. Hi, Pam. Congratulations. That's awesome. Um, and then we've got an amazing interview between Ben Fair and Steve Fogg, who's a really good friend of Dora of Hope, he lives in Melbourne, and uh, Ben will introduce him a little bit later on. So that's how we're going to move through the service today. Okay, surprise, surprise, is something I've been thinking, surprise, um, is something I've been thinking about as I've been thinking about our digital community. Surprise. The New Testament is so full of surprises. The Holy Spirit does surprising things, the Old Testament too, but let's start from the New Testament full of surprises. Jesus coming to earth as a baby, surprise. Jesus being a human, the God of our universe, coming to earth in human form, being human people to people in front of us, surprise. Surprise, he died on a cross. Surprise even more, he rose again. And then he said, I'm going back to heaven, surprise, but I will send you a helper. I will send you someone else. And he did. He sent his own spirit. And we read about this, and we call it Pentecost in Acts 2. Let's read it. When the Holy Spirit came to the disciples, I'm glad it's up there because it's too small for me to read here. 
when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Surprise! All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Wow. People thought they were drunk. Surprise! The Spirit works in surprising ways. And then Peter, later on, received a vision from the Lord about this uh, sheet that was lowered. And suddenly, as a Jew, God said to him, eat what is unclean. Everything is clean for you because of what Jesus did on the cross. And then a guy came to his door and said, I want to take you to Cornelius's house. He's like, yes, I saw that in the dream too. Surprise. Off he went. And together they figured out that this was not just for the Jews anymore. It wasn't limited now to God's chosen people, but God's chosen people had expanded. And suddenly everyone was able to hear this good news. Surprise, it just kept coming. But if I was living in Jerusalem at the time, I'm not sure if I would have gotten over the surprise of this person named Saul and what he said had happened to him. We're going to read what happened to Saul in Acts 9. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. These weren't just threats. These are things that he was like following through with. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. He was getting ready to carry through with his very zealous plan. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. Surprise! I was going to get a confetti cannon to do a surprise, and then I realized I'd have to vacuum it up, so I didn't. (laughs) He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Get up, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Surprising, yes, but not as surprised by poor Ananias, who God came to in a vision. He surprised Ananias as well, and he said to Ananias, in Damascus, in Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias, The Lord called to him in a vision and said, Ananias. And he said, yes, Lord. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. What do you think Ananias thought? He got rather worried, didn't he, because of the murderous things that were saying. Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to you, to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with the authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. And yet he followed and he did that. And Saul became Paul. Surprise. The surprises kept coming. Paul then went to Damascus. Well, he was in Damascus and shared and preached the good news that he had understood He had a surprising getaway from a group of Jews that were going to kill him. 
he showed up to some very surprised disciples back in Jerusalem and said, I'm Paul now, the murderous threats guy, and I know Jesus. He's my savior too. Very, very surprising. Paul's ministry had many other surprises. He followed Jesus' word to go and make disciples and teach them to obey everything I have commanded, and he did. He went all over the place. He met some very surprising people. He had surprising falling out with some of his co-workers, and they parted ways. He discipled people. He planted churches. He left churches and came back again. He challenged them to wear Christ every day, to be in unity with each other, and to be really aware and participating in God's activity around him. He sent letters to people he'd never met. He sent letters to people he had met. He wrote them, and other people wrote them on papyrus, 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 scrolls, and they were sent by messenger. He sent letters to rebuke, to encourage, to tell people that he loved them, and he sent them all over the place. That was his tool, wasn't it? He could send letters. He could also speak to people, which he did. He met in houses, and he met in workplaces, and he met in synagogues, and he met in the temple, he met on the street. He met people who knew Jesus, and he met people that had never met Jesus before. And he sent letters, just like this one. So last week, I had to send a letter, and I pulled open the drawer where I work at Worldview, and there were stamps, and I'm like, I have no idea how many stamps I need. Not a clue. This one's a dollar, so I thought, I'll pop that one on. And then I'm like, I don't know how much I need. I have to Google it. So I did. How much does it cost to send a letter, everyone? Type in the chat. You might think it's a dollar ten. That's a wise answer, but incorrect. Incorrect. Because on the 23rd of January this year, a dollar twenty. So now I have to get a ten cent one and lick it. And I have to get another ten cent one and lick it. How much were stamps when you were a kid? If you remember when I used to send letters to grandma, which is, um, I FaceTime her now, by the way, don't send letters, but turn to the person next to you or write in the chat, how, what's the price you remember as a kid of a stamp? In 1960, four cents. Four, four cents. When I was born, 20 cents. When I was 10 years old, they were 39 cents. Who would like to be the CEO of Australia Post now? Nobody. They're going through a problematic time trying to figure out how on earth do we make money anymore? Because we don't do so much of this. It was very effective for Paul, and that's the tool, the vehicle he used to connect with people. Some people he never met, and he wouldn't, even though he desired very much to be with them and to see them face to face. He didn't actually get to do that. It's all moving very, very rapidly. The world has changed slowly, didn't it? Until maybe February 2020, and then surprise, um, COVID happened, and our world changed very quickly. 
And at Door of Hope, we'd been in this digital world for a little while. We'd been streaming our services. We had some online groups that were connecting um, because it was convenient for the people. But once COVID came, we had to listen. And we did. The elders listened very carefully with actually quite a lot of angst and seriousness. We listened. What was God asking us to do now that we couldn't do this face-to-face? It probably wasn't going to be letters. That would have been maybe one option. It wasn't going to be letters. SMSs, we could have done that, and many did, send texts to each other. We could have FaceTimed. But actually, in our listening, God asked us to be much more strategic than that much more strategic. We gathered our hope partners and we said, hope partners, uh, looking forward, what should we do? And one of the things that came out so strongly in those word clouds, do you remember seeing those on the screen? What came out was that we should intentionally allow people to knock on this door and we needed to add some doors. We want to be a door of hope. And for some, that door needs to be digital so they can come in and experience who Jesus is. A door of hope for who is the question I wrote down this morning. A door of hope for only the people that can enter this building. A door of hope only for those that don't have anxiety in large spaces and large groups. A door of hope for only those who are able body, able to get here. No, a door of hope, full stop. A digital community allows us to meet people who are searching. Google is called a search engine for a reason, and people are typing into that in their hundreds of thousands. How do I have hope? Who is Jesus? I'm not loved. How do I find love? We can be a door of hope in that space. We can journey with people that we don't see face to face. We can disciple them just as Paul did. Just as Paul did. Why can we? Because of the Holy Spirit. Because he unites us. He makes that connection. It is him who does that work. We think, how do I disciple on a keyboard? How do I disciple when someone's not in front of me? through the power of the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit that Jesus sent that came down at Pentecost is the same power that connects us. And he is working. His activity is amazing and surprising. That's what he does. Let's think about some people that call Door of Hope home right now. Don and Peggy Cleaver, we celebrated them last week, didn't we? They connect with us online. They can't make it to church, but they're very much part of this community. A young adult that does have social anxiety, it's a real thing. Gathering with this many people is very overwhelming. They can be part of our community. We can know who they are. We can authentically connect. They can serve in our digital community, just like we serve here. They can be discipled and come to know Jesus just like we can do in this building, in your homes, in your workplaces, because we are people engaging with people. What about a family that moves to this city, has to find a school, has to find work, then they find a church? How do they get to know 
well, they can connect online. They can meet me. Hi, if it's your first time, welcome, I'm Christy, and it's great to have you here. They meet other people who are on this stage. We are people connecting with people, and we've had a family join us after months and months and months of doing that. They've found blessing in our online community, and now they find blessing here. People that are a long, long way away, even in other countries, Holy Spirit does surprising things, everyone. He does surprising things. Sometimes he'll, we'll connect them with us and we'll say, there's a church nearby, go and visit. Sometimes we'll journey for years with people and we have done, we have done. Engaging is the word that we need to focus on here, engaging our digital community. They're already there, everyone. It's not a new thing, they're already there being discipled, being connected with. And what an opportunity, what an amazing new door. We have people that are putting their hand up to say, I wanna serve in this ministry. I wanna be part of welcoming people who can't make it. We have beautiful welcomers here at Door of Hope, don't we? You arrive at the door and they say, welcome, it's so good to see you. We have people that do that online. And one of them is Beck Demora. She's producing today. She's put her hand up and said, I want to serve in this area. I want to be a person who welcomes, who opens this digital door and says, there's a hope in Jesus Christ. Come and join us. There's people who are keen to serve. And you know, you can serve online. We'll hear from Bill and Pam in a moment. They're online hosts. They're serving our digital community. How exciting is that? There are stories about people connecting with other people, being united in the spirit of Jesus. So exciting. So there's been a little song in my mind over the past couple of weeks. It's a Sunday school song, and it's from the verse in Matthew, chapter 7, verse 7. And it says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you. And then I think there's a hallelujah bit at the end. For everyone who knocks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. This is Jesus speaking in his Sermon on the Mount where really he's laying out for those listening what the kingdom of God looks like. And the kingdom of God helps us interact with each other, as well as helps us connect to our Heavenly Father. And this verse is not only about seeking Jesus, but it's about seeking each other, to know each other more. Jesus is saying, ask, and it will be given. I wonder if recently you've wanted to ask something of someone in this congregation, and you felt like you shouldn't. Jesus is saying, in the kingdom of God, ask, and it will be given to you. What an amazing, authentic process to go through. If you need help, ask. What about seeking? Are you searching for something today? Is there something you're looking for and you haven't found it yet? Online, if it's a connection with Jesus, please Put in the chat, I want to know who Jesus is. Can you give me some more information? 
If you're in the room later on after the church service, we will have some prayer up here, or you can come and grab one of us and come to you in your seat. If you're searching, please let us know. If you're knocking on a door, are you waiting for something? Are you waiting to put your hand up and say, I want to serve, like Beck did? Have you been waiting and not willing to knock on that door? Knock on the door of the Holy Spirit and say, would you lead me? I'm listening. And maybe you need to knock on an actual door and come and find someone at Door of Hope and say, I want to serve. This is something I can do. This is the beginning of the year and a time where we often start new things. Maybe this is God's invitation to start a new thing. Maybe it's him knocking on your heart saying, would you join me? Would you join me? Uh, I live at a Bible college and there's a library there, which is a great opportunity to find new books. And this is a beautiful one that I want to recommend to you. It's called, What If Jesus Was Serious? What if the things he wrote and said actually were serious? And if we followed them, there would be awesome fruit in our lives. It's written by Sky Jathani, um, who's a guy, by the way. Um, it's a great book. And I might put this in the, on our Facebook page, 40 Days of Prayer Facebook page. What if he's serious? What if him saying, ask and it shall be given to you, seek and you will find, ask and it will, uh, knock and the door will be opened. What if he was serious? I would encourage us to listen this week, Door of Hope. Listen to what he's asking. And maybe if there's still, or if there is a new reservation about our digital community and the fact that we are discipling people who aren't in the room, would you ask him to share his heart with you? Would you ask him to open some doors? Would you ask him to be present to you? I'd love to pray right now. I'd love to pray for those who you, of you who are asking that the Lord would answer and be faithful. I'd love for you who are seeking that you would ask and to be found. And I'd love to ask those who are knocking on a door. And Door of Hope, we have the option to be many doors of hope. And uh, this is a new one today in our strategic plan. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for your words that we can ask, we can seek, we can knock, and you are faithful. Your promises are yes and amen. So Lord, this week, would we be great listeners? Would we have open hearts for your word, for your activity? Would we read your word with an anticipation of what you might say to us, Lord? That it's ready for us. Lord, you didn't come to condemn us through your word. You came to give us a life. May this week, our listening, reading, seeking, knocking for you bring new life and new fruit for us and for others. And we ask this in your name. And we are so thankful that we get to serve a God like you.